right now there's a debate happening uh, on the, the, the show thread. And Tim, I'm going to throw the question to you right away just to get your answer. But McCutcheon and Reese Hoskins, do they need to be moved down from the top of the order to the bottom of it or just at least slid down enough so you can utilize and capitalize on what Harper and JT Romuto are doing? Are you for that? John, I, I'm with it. Like, I we can't just keep losing the production at the top of the order. You need to maximize the at bats of the players that are giving you production. And look, it is still early. So, look, if Girardi decides he's going to keep it for another week or so, I'll live. I'm not going to like criticize him that badly. If he gets to mid-May or beyond and just is going to stick with this, even if it's not working, then no, then I'm going to be frustrated with him. And we got you're getting great production right now out of Segura. And Didi's performing better than the other two guys we just talked about, McCutcheon and Hoskins. Uh, you got to maximize your at bats. I'm not saying just to put those two guys right up to the top of the order, but you got to drop the, drop the McCutcheon and Hoskins down, and then slide those guys up, and we can work around with the different pieces. Look, I don't know if it's maximizing the at bats for Harper and Real Muto. Maybe you put them at a two-three, and then you have a guy like Segura who's trying to speed the table for them to start. There's a couple things we can test around with, but look, it's not a secret right now. The Phillies' offense has not been producing the way it was expected to as we came to this season. That was supposed to be the strong point. Right? We were all talking about it. It's, hey, we got the lineup. We have a very deep lineup. And I still, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound the alarm. I still think over the course of the season we'll be okay. But right now there's, there is some concerns, and I don't want to ignore this until it becomes a bigger problem that we can't, can't ignore. I want to get out in front of it. Well, that's, that's where I want to go to with you now. Because the Phillies lineup should be okay. What I'm concerned with is that maybe they... Okay is good, but it's not good enough. With the way this Phillies team is constructed, it's constructed uh, under the assumption that the lineup is going to be good. doesn't need to be a top-five lineup. It needs to be around there. I'm just concerned that maybe this team is a step below that in terms of their lineup, and throughout the course of the season, that's not going to be good enough to get them, I think, where they want to be. Now, they can make a move at the trade deadline. You know, They can try different things out, but... I think as their lineup is right now, and knowing that they do have a big issue with center field, that you get streaky performances out of Reese Hoskins and Andrew McCutcheon may, I mean, at some point we expect a a drop-off from his career averages and even what he's been with the Phillies so far. There is going to be a drop-off for him at some point. Um, Is it going to be good enough, this lineup, to get where they want to be, though? Early indications are no, right? I mean, we've been getting much better results out of the bullpen than I think we even expected. I knew we all expected it to be better because, I mean, you can't be worse than what last year was, but the bullpen's been better. The starting rotation, besides, really just besides Matt Moore, has been, I've been happy with. So we're getting good production out of there. But I'm expecting that to regress to the mean where, yeah, look, I still, I trust Nolan, I trust Zach Wheeler, and Eflin, I trust to be a startable pitcher. That, that's why he, the other two are aces. Eflin, I trust to be a startable pitcher. And then I need guys like Chase Anderson to keep it up. And I, that, that other spot with Matt Moore, I don't know. we got to figure something out. But now that's going to regress a little bit. The lineup has needs to get back to where we're expecting. You're right. You're right. You were saying it doesn't need to be top five. But I think when we're looking at this, we kind of thought there was a chance that this lineup could be a top five lineup up and down. Because it was – Coming into the year, it was deep. I'd say like one through seven. We knew center field was going to be a problem. But one through seven, we thought we were pretty much competitive with almost anybody. There were definitely a few teams above us. But we were, should have been in that you know top five to top eight range. And right now, it's just not even close to that. 
again, it's still early. We're going to see some shifts back and forth. But, no, yeah, right now I am concerned that this lineup, if this lineup doesn't start producing more, we are not going to be in postseason talks come September or even late August. we got to figure something out here. And maybe some of these things will figure themselves out with guys just figuring it out themselves. But it's we. I don't want to just let it until it's too big a problem and we're five games out. Let's try to figure this out sooner versus later. And right now, bottom of the fourth inning, there are runners on second and third with no outs. Gene Segura, I think just stole second, but they might re- end up reviewing that one to see if he is out or not. I know they ruled him safe, I think, on the field, uh, but we'll see if he is uh, eventually ruled out, or they do try and review this one. Tim O'Keefe joining us on the Dr. Glatt Reed Gurria hairline. Follow him at TKO underscore picks. Uh, so the, the Phillies are struggling at the plate, and uh, I think pitching has certainly bailed them out of a few situations, so obviously the uh, the Cardinals' defense. But another lineup that's struggling that I want to go over real quick is the Yankees. Now, the Yankees, I know for sure, that team is constructed all around a top two, top three lineup. That lineup is nowhere close to it. It is 26th. 27th in most metrics uh, in Woba runs created plus that's right around where they are is 26th and 27th rankings. Can the Yankees get this fixed or is this just a, a lineup that maybe is regressing or not going to be the top two or three lineup they were last year and, and bail out pitching that the way they have, you know, throughout the past couple of seasons. Yeah, John, so I think the answer is it, it can get back to where they need it to get to, or at least closer to it than they are now. They're not going to finish as a bottom five lineup like they're showing. But I don't know if they're going to be top five, which is, you're right, that's what this team was built around if they thought they were going to win the World Series. And I look at it, and there's got, like the, the top of the guys, like I, they're going to turn around. Like Stanton, Judge, I, I trust that those guys are going to figure it out. Um, uh, Glaber, I think, will figure it out. And those guys I trust. But then there's guys like, you know, Gio Urshela and Clint Frazier that they they had in the lineup. Now, granted, they're towards the bottom of their lineup, but when you're trying to be a best lineup in baseball, you better be one through nine deep. And they're getting nothing out of those guys. I mean, Clint Frazier, he's looked awful. Gio Urshela also just not producing where they need him to. And there's, there's they haven't had the clutch hitting at all either. I, and I think a bunch of us also had a little fun this past week when we saw the Yankees are the first time that they're in sole possession of last place in the AL East since 1997, which was a wild stat to me. I mean, that brings us back to when the Rays were still the devil in them, and they were the devil Rays, and I think they were protecting them a little <laughs> bit during that stretch. But I think the Yankees, look, the Yankees will turn it around. I like the five and ten start, not what you want. I think they'll turn it around, but it's definitely cause for concern because you need that lineup to, if they're trying to win the World Series, they need to pick it up and be a top five lineup, like you just said. So before and I don't think I don't think they're deep enough. So before we do get into uh, what plays you have for tonight, and there are some major league baseball games tonight. I know you have a play for a ten o'clock game on the major league baseball slate. Uh, but before we get into that, now that we just mentioned kind of those two divisions and two teams that are struggling in them, uh, let's go with the NL East first, then the AL East. Uh, the NL East, the, the Braves, I think, have been looking better. Starting pitching is still a concern for them. They're not healthy. They need Soroka. They need Freed, and they don't have either of them. Uh, but the Mets lineup has been lackluster. The Phillies, we have obviously been highlighting some of their issues. And the Nationals, Marlins, uh, Nationals could be better, but they're also getting crushed tonight. I actually don't expect them to be very good this season. Uh, but who do you think comes out of the NL East? Or, or what team, as of right now, have you been impressed with, if any? 
So I, the answer is I really haven't been impressed by anybody in the NL East. This was, we had, you know, Bryce came out before the season saying, hey, the NL East is the best division in baseball. And really right now it's not anything pretty. I mean, the front runners coming in, I know we both talked, we both like the Braves. And I, I still do think the Braves will turn it around. And they're going to be fine long term, but they're below 500 last I looked. So therefore that's, that's a problem. They're not living up to their expectations. The Mets, I mean, talk about uh, the two guys with huge contracts this year. Obviously one of them went to New York, Francis, uh, Excuse me, not Francisco. Oh yeah, Francisco Lindor, only batting 189 right now and no home runs. Granted, it's early, but you know, certain guys you get that payday and then they they never really uh, last. I think one of those big contracts from years back is finally coming to the end in Anaheim with the Angels, where they signed Pujols to the biggest deal at the time that was ever done, and he never produced for them the way he used to. And obviously, we're talking 10 games in. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with Lindor, but. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Mets fan, it's not a good sign. The guy's hitting 189, and you were expecting a lot more out of this guy when you signed him to a massive contract. I believe it was $340 million man. And I, I'm also with you on the Nationals. I mean, Steven Strasburg just went down to the IL again. And I, I, that team, that's a team that's opposite of the teams we've been talking about. That's a team that's more built around pitching. And I know they have Juan Soto, so their offense, is, their offense has one really good piece, and then Trey Turner is very good, too. So they kind of have two main hitters in there. But then I look at it, they're built around pitching. They need Strasburg and Scherzer to be dominant. And Strasburg's injured. Uh, he's frequently injured throughout his career, so this seems like this might just be one of those injury years for him. And then Max Scherzer has been fine um, so far this year from what I've seen from him. At some point, Father Time's going to catch up with you, especially when Scherzer, an older pitcher, did not have to pitch, a, pitch over a full season last year. I'm expecting that that arm that's had a lot of mileage on it, when we get to July – I could see a drop down from him where they might have to start resting him a little bit, you know, skip a start here. He'll, you know, you say one of those common injuries, you know, migraine or something. So that way you can rest his arm a little bit. Um, So no one, the answer is no one in the NL East has really impressed me, which I guess is good for the Phillies because I know we're not super impressed with them at the moment either. No, not impressed with them at all. But yeah, the, the NL East has not been impressive. I think the only thing impressive about the NL East is Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, maybe the best player in baseball right now. Unfortunately, though, he has a lower abdominal injury. I know it's only day to day, but uh, that was that was pretty scary. Anytime you know you see any kind of injury with a player that's it's playing like that, you don't want him to be out and miss any time at all. You want to keep the hot streak going. Uh, but he's probably going to be out for uh, a few days. Ronald Acuna Jr. But he's the only thing impressive. The NL East in the AL East, though, there actually is an impressive team. But I don't know if the Red Sox are really changing my opinion about them. Like I think they're around an 80-win team. I don't think they're a team that's going to win the AL East, but the Yankees aren't giving me any reason for that either. Uh, who are we going with? Is it the Yankees still, or are we looking at the Blue Jays and the Red Sox to maybe win this division? So I'm with you, John, on the Red Sox. I am not buying I think they're one of those teams that, Hey, you know what? They're off to a great start. Good for them. They're projected around that 80 win mark, uh, similar to the Phillies. One of the futures bets I actually did before the season was uh, it was more wins, Phillies or Red Sox. I went Phillies. I still feel pretty comfortable with that. The Red Sox pitching is worse than the Phillies pitching by a good amount. Where I look at it, their ace is Nathan Yavaldi. And ace is in quotes there. That just means he was the guy that started on opening day. Hey, so it looks like it right fresh. now. I'll get, uh, I mean, oh. he, he had an okay start today. I can't oh, say I ace material. I, I, let me let me give him credit. He's been great for this start for these first few starts this season. I think he's had three or four starts so far, and he's been fantastic. I, it's just I have a career's worth of stuff on the guy that says this isn't what you are, 
and I, I'm expecting this is going to come back down to earth. He does have really good stuff, though. He has the arm talent. You know, he's throwing high 90s with a lot of movement, but he's just a guy that's always, he's always had that, right? And this is just not who he is. And they have other that pitching that pitching rotation for them is just not impressive enough for me where I think they're going to be able to win the division. The value play that I would still think I'm actually about I'm trying to pull up the odds right now, but I'm having some computer problems. The last I looked, I believe the Rays actually the Rays are still not getting a ton of respect for that division. So I I'm still ready to kind of believe in the Rays. Like they won the division, they won, they were the best team in the AL last year, won the won the pennant, got to the World Series, and they were the best team in the regular season. Yes, they lost a few names. Blake Snell's not there. He's in San Diego and some other moves in there. The Rays, I think, are the value play. I still would think it's going to be one of those two coming out of the division. Toronto obviously has those really fun young names that I can buy into, you know, Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, and they, they are some good young talent in that lineup, and they're absolutely going to be a threat, too. That's going to be a fun division to watch all the way through, but if you're making the call right now, I'm still going Rays or Yankees, and I, the Yankees' struggles make me think, you know what, I can buy back into the Rays. Yeah, I think it, the Rays are an odd team for me. I don't know. I don't know what what about the Rays I just can't buy into right now. Uh, I, I at least know they have the ace, um, but I just, for some reason, there's something that just feels off or I, I don't like, but uh, I think the Blue Jays would be my pick. But yeah, I, th- I think you absolutely are right. The Rays are the team that kind of been there, been to the playoffs. Obviously, we know that they've been good uh, in the playoffs as well. So uh, maybe want to give them a little bit of credit, but... For some reason, I, I feel a little bit uh, not too great about them. A plus 600, though, they may be the value. We're talking with Tim O'Keefe. You can follow him at TKO underscore picks. And uh, you have that tag because, well, you make picks. Let's get into some of them for tonight. I know you do have a Major League Baseball pick tonight. And it's one I like. I love the underdogs. Okay, I love big money underdogs because they're hitting. I'm on one tonight, and you're on another one that's separate, but I want to hear it because I think I like the play as well. What pick do you have in Major League Baseball tonight? Sure, John. So anyone who was closely following Major League Baseball, we had one of the more uh, you know excited regular season series that I've been in a couple years because we had the Dodgers and the Padres over the weekend. Dodgers took two out of three with the Padres taking the last one yesterday, but that was an exciting series. You know, San Diego made that huge bump in the offseason, and everyone was like, wow, we got a real challenge with the Dodgers. And I think both teams really put everything they had into that series. Not that it's not to say that they're not putting it in every night, but you know, that one had a little something extra. You had people getting out of the bench, out of the dugouts, clearing the benches a little bit every now and then when someone got thrown at or close to thrown at. And it was an exciting series. Now we got the Dodgers playing the Mariners. Dodgers obviously still have the best record in baseball. They're a great team. But I think that, you know, that playing that sort of series takes something out of you a little bit. And they're playing the Mariners there. I'm eyeing at the Mariners. They're plus 170 right now on the money line. They have Justice Sheffield going, who's a good young arm for them. He has some talent. He's a very good former Yankees prospect, and he got moved over. Um, he got moved over a couple, like two seasons ago. And then I look forward, and I really just I'm buying in that they have a good shot tonight because the Mariners are playing good baseball right now. They are ten and six. They're leading the AL West. Another team that again, similar to the Red Sox, I think they're not going to be there at the end of the season. They're having a good start, but I'm ready to ride the hot hand early. And I like the Mariners at plus one seventy tonight. I think that's good value that we're getting there. St. Louis Cardinals just hit a grand slam against the Nationals. It is a 10-2 to game in the fifth inning. Uh, I didn't have a play in this one. I was too scared to put anything in the Cardinals. I probably should have, but uh, it's always better, I think, at least to hold off and look, hey, if, if it was a team that I would have gotten right, then so be it. Uh, but 
Yeah, that stinks because it really would have been nice to have an easy sweat in a 10 to 2 ball game. Look, I had one earlier today, Tim. I had the Red Sox. So I already had the easy sweat out of the way. Uh, <laughs> but um, so you have the Mariners. I like that. In the NBA, anything for tonight? I know Warrior Sixers on right now. That ball game is, let me check back to it. Uh, it is a 55 55 game. Uh, so that's tied at the half. Let me actually check here what we can get at the Parks Casino Sportsbook app because I think it might be at the half. Uh, Sixers a minus 167 favorite on the money line. The spread is at three and a half. I actually might look at the laying the points with the Sixers there, Tim. John, I'm with you. I like look Sixers at home. They they are a dominant team both straight up and against the spread. I'm liking the value there. I know stuff. I haven't actually seen the box run. I've been flipping back and forth, so I haven't been able to track specifically because you know we got two great games on for Philly sports. Um, so I've been flipping back and forth. Steph Curry, we know, was a little injured on Saturday, so I'm wondering how hard they're going to press him tonight. Obviously, he's been playing, uh, so he's probably a full go. But even if he is, I still trust the Sixers team. They're the better team. Warriors are a below 500 team. That's what they are. I know Steph Curry's been on an electric streak. The Warriors are still what the Warriors are. Because even, look, Steph was incredible on Saturday. Absolutely dominant performance. It was so fun to watch. They lost that game. So I am ready to buy in. Yeah, Sixers laying three and a half, tied up at halftime. I agree with that. I like that play. Yeah, I, I was actually looking at some point here uh, on the Park Sportsbook app to get the Warriors maybe at a double-digit spread I was hoping for because the Sixers, we have seen their last few games getting off to these really hot starts and then end up blowing leads because either they have their bench in or they're taking their foot off the gas and games get a little bit closer. And that's, I mean, been a lot of backdoor covers on the Sixers. And I was looking for one here but was wanting to get it at a double-digit spread. Uh, but... Nine and a half is what I saw it at. It, it closed at six and a half. I think nine and a half I probably should have taken uh, when I, I could have got the chance. It was a really small opportunity to do it, but probably should have. Uh, but the three and a half, now that would actually make me lean the Sixers. Look, it's a little bit of juice, minus 109, not much though. Uh, so laying the three and a half, yeah, I think I'll take that one uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Uh, any other NBA plays? I know we have late NBA action. Uh, what did you have in the NBA tonight? Sure, John. So there's one that I'm going to be monitoring up until game time, but the one I'm eyeing up is Utah Jazz versus the Lakers, where these two teams just met, same location, on Saturday. And the Lakers took it. They were one, they were, it was a pick em game. And really, Utah sat everybody, where we know Donovan Mitchell's actually, he's actually hurt. So he's going to be out for a little bit, I believe, at least another week or so. But they just rested everybody on Saturday. So Gobert, Conley, Derek Favors, everyone was resting. Now we get to tonight, and all those players are listed on the injury report, and it's like they're questionable coming up to it. We should get the final uh, injury tally coming up within the hour. So the game starts at 10 10. I'm going to look around 9 10, get that hour within injury report. And if those players are playing, I am all in on Utah. Right now, Utah is a six and a half point favorite. Uh, that line to me is saying that they're expecting all, if not some, if not all of those players to be playing. And Utah's the best team in the West for a reason. The Lakers, while they did win on Saturday, good for them. Hey, they won without LeBron and AD. There were some thoughts that Anthony Davis might be coming back tonight. That's already been confirmed. That's not happening. So if I get a full Utah team minus Donovan Mitchell against this Lakers team that is, we all know, still without LeBron and AD, the Jazz have been a better team all season still so far, even when everyone was healthy on both sides. I'm buying in the Jazz are not going to come close to losing two in a row against this depleted Lakers team. If they have their guys, and I'm going to be monitoring, and I think they will, 
I'm all over the Jazz. I'm expecting kind of a double-digit victory is my gut. What about the Grizzlies against the Nuggets? Just real quick, even if you don't have a play, that's fine. But uh, what what are you thinking about this game? Because uh, Denver's obviously dealing now without uh, Jamal Murray, so that's a bit of an adjustment. They have won their last two games, uh, and in, in good fashion, too. 128-99 against Houston, 123-106 against the Heat. But they're going up against the Grizzlies. Grizzlies have been playing pretty well, coming off a win against Milwaukee. Uh, seven and a half, I think I saw that. Let me check in the Parks Casino Sportsbook app where it's at right now. Uh, but what, which way are you leaning in this one? Uh, my gut on that one, I, I did look at that game, and it's not, it, like I said, Utah was my it's favorite play. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm liking Memphis. I'm taking those points there. Memphis is a good team. They're 29 and 26, which I know is only three games above 500, but they're, they play in the West, right? That's the tougher conference. They are a solid team. Obviously, Denver is 36 and 20 in that same conference. But they're missing Jamal Murray. He's out for the year. It's a shame. I was I, the Nuggets are a team I really do enjoy watching. But the Grizzlies are a very good team. And I, look, if I if I told you tomorrow morning, hey, the Grizzlies won last night, I would not be shocked at all. I'm like, okay, they're a good team. They could beat Denver in Denver. It's possible. So therefore, I'm going to take those eight points because I really do. Yeah, it seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot. I'll admit, I'm trying to find because I've been looking. I haven't seen, I'm not seeing the injury report coming up right now, so I wonder if it's about to get released, or I wonder if anything's happening late there. So maybe that's a late adjustment. So everyone, if you're out there placing a bet, do, a, do yourself due diligence, double-check the injury report to make sure that Morant or Valachunas or someone else on Memphis isn't missing. But assuming those guys are playing, I am all in, I, I'm all in on the Grizzlies there. Give me the eight points. I buy into Memphis that they can handle Denver. I mean, that's a big spread. I, look, I think Denver probably wins. But they, I think Memphis keeps this game close and could even pull it out. So I think Valanchunas might end up being out. I see for the Grizzlies okay. starting lineup, Moran, Allen, Bain, Anderson, and Tillman. Okay, got it. So Valanchunas is out, got it. Uh, you know what? I still had so know what that... It's tough because now, now obviously, the you know Joker becomes a little bit of a... Uh, you know, that, like he's going to dominate this kind of game. Yeah. I'm with you, so... Might have to, maybe I'll back off my uh, super confidence there for a second, but <laughs> I, I still I still think I'm taking the points there. I, I I think now you got both teams need to figure a few things out. With that, you could have a bit of a little bit of a messier game with everyone figuring it out as they go. I'll take the points. I'm still with the points, but let's. It's ease off the confidence meter that I just had. A couple yeah, times. no, I I completely agree with you. Uh, I mean, if this was at seven, six six and a half, seven and a half, uh, seven and a half, I know it's been at for the most part. I mean, if Valanciunas is playing seven and a half, that's great. But uh, yeah, that does change things uh, with Valanciunas. It looks like out, at least not in the starting lineup. Haven't gotten an yep. official confirmation of if he's going uh, to. He is, I just found it. He is out. He has a concussion. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, he's he's out then, Jonas Valanciunas. So uh, that that is the uh, NBA breakdown for the late night games, uh, which was fantastic. Right now, we do have a good one between the Suns and Bucks. Let me actually ask you this real quick before I let you go, Tim Tim O'Keefe joining me on the Doctor Glad Regrow Your Hairline. Follow him at TKO underscore Picks. Uh, team with the better chance of making it to uh, their conference final: Suns or Bucks? To make it to their conference finals. I- John, I've been on the Suns. I trust them. They have, they have that good blend of young talent where you got Booker and Ayton, and those guys are good. But I, I think everyone knows about Devin Booker being a stud. DeAndre Ayton, is, look, is he, he's not Embiid or he's not one of these top centers, but he's a good center in this league, and he's a good player that I like to watch. And then they got that veteran leadership in Chris Paul. I, I'm buying in on it. The Bucks, look, one of these times, one of these years, Giannis is going to find a way to break the breakthrough and get to the finals, the overall finals. He has been to the conference finals once. I, 
I still look. I, I, the Nets, the Nets, sadly, in my opinion, have to be the favorite going in because when they're healthy, it, I, I think they're going to be tough to beat. I really do. And I like now. I think it's the Sixers against them, and I like the way the Sixers match up against the Bucks. I think we'll be fine there. So yeah, I, I'm taking the Suns. The West, it's the Wild West right now. There's a lot of questions. Like the Lakers, if they're healthy, should be the favorite. If they're healthy, is going to be a question, right? We don't know that coming down the stretch. I the Suns to me are a legitimate threat that. I'm buying into them a little more than I'm buying into Utah, and who's another team that obviously they're the one seed right now. They should be one of the contenders to make the conference finals. But I'm I'm all in on Phoenix there. It's a good question. I'm all in on Phoenix. That is Tim O'Keefe, one of the best at TKO underscore picks, and you can obviously check out his picks, phillyinfluencer.com, NBA, Major League Baseball. Do you do any hockey picks? Are you a hockey guy? So I am a Flyers guy, John. That's the way I'm going to describe it. I do. I follow the Flyers. <laughs> Admittedly, I don't follow the NHL across the league as much. I, I, I'm, I'm all in on the playoffs when we get there. Regular season, I, I'll watch some games. I just admittedly, I don't watch enough to give informed picks to people. I will give some Flyers picks occasionally because I'm following them close enough. Primarily Flyers over, which I wrote a lot this season. That was, uh, that was beneficial. So uh, <laughs> that part I'm good on. But that's that's my usual extent for NHL. It'll be a Flyers over or a Flyers pick is usually as far as I go NHL-wise. But NBA, MLB, I know you definitely have plenty of great picks, and you've been doing really well. Again, check them all out, phillyinfluencer.com. Uh, Tim O'Keefe, follow him at TKO underscore picks. Tim, thanks for joining me, man. John, it was an absolute blast. And I'm, I'm all, there's also one other sport I do. I'm not sure if people have heard of it. Oh, there's soccer? A, I think it's called I thought, well, so it's not, it's not soccer. It's something called, uh, it's like NFL. I think oh, that's oh, oh, oh. That. So we'll that's that's too to far that. away. One one thing at a time, Tim. One, I'm overwhelmed already. There's too many sports going on right now. I don't even want to think about the NFL and the draft that's happening in two weeks. J- just stop. I can't, I can't do it. But when okay, the okay, time I'm, comes, I'm, NFL, yes. <laughs> we will let both of our brains have a break from that one. Please, until we have to please. Deep dive into the <laughs> Eagles draft coming up in a couple weeks. Thanks, Tim. Absolutely. Tim O'Keefe at TKO underscore picks.